Carol. I don't know what you think you're doing. Excuse me. Hello. Got a dead white man in a box. Not even a casket. Doesn't even have a top on it. In a pine box of old wood. Who do you think's gonna get in trouble here? Do me a favor. Try to be optimistic. You don't get here without things starting a long time ago. So, two soldiers and a nurse found ourselves in... Amsterdam. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Weekly Real Podcast. My name is Jeremy. And my name is Ken. And we're going to be doing a star-studded cast movie in Amsterdam, starring Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, and John David Washington. Uh, but before we get into that, let's kick off the episode with our ritual of the episode, or of this season, I should say, because we're changing it up a little bit this season, uh, previous seasons, one through four. We did kind of what we watched in the last week, but now uh, we're kind of consolidating our old show, uh, the newsreel, kind of putting into this topic here, which we're going to talk about like a movie or TV news topic uh, for our ritual here. So we'll see what happens with the newsreel. We might do special episodes in the future, but for now, we're going to include it here on the main show. And me, being the movie guy, I wanted to bring a movie topic. And yeah, this news is a little old, but I think it's a big enough news that we can still talk about it and people still be excited, because I know I am, and it's Deadpool 3, because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds uh, uploaded this video uh, on Deadpool 3, and Hugh Jackman's coming back. He just like casually walks up in the video and all that stuff. And he's coming back as Wolverine, and Hugh, Hugh Jackman has been Wolverine since X-Men 2000, so that's a long yeah. time. Yeah. Uh, first of all, Ken, before I ask my main question, uh, what do you think of the two videos that they, they showed? Uh, well, first of all, I, will, I want to preface this by saying that Jeremy was the one that broke the news to me, because I think on that particular day, it was... It, it, Oddly enough, it happened to be the the night that we had uh, recorded our Avatar episode. Uh, check it out, by the way. Uh, Amst- uh, what do you call that? Uh, Avatar is available on a- Apple and Spotify. But Jeremy was the one who actually told me about it. And I, uh, that particular day, I just didn't have a chance to even look at my phone that whole day. Yeah. So I was like literally living under a rock. And I was like, no way. Really? I thought I thought. Honestly, that Jeremy was messing with me. And then obviously, you know, I took him at his word after the recording, ended up watching both of these videos. And and just to be clear, Jeremy and I haven't talked about Deadpool 3 yet or the announcement. So this is a brand new conversation conversation that we're about to have. Uh, so um, I just thought it was fun just to answer your question that uh, it was a fun way to just literally announce uh, the that Deadpool three was official and, uh, and I, obviously in typical Deadpool fashion, I mean, I just love 
Ryan Reynolds's humor. And I feel like that humor that he that has branched out to basically every other role that he's done since Deadpool, it's still it just it's much more natural when Deadpool his character is is actually involved, directly involved. So I loved every bit of those two videos. Uh, so my main question I actually wanted to ask is do you think it's going to be connected to the overall MCU? And if it is, do you think it's going to be rated R? <laughs> yes and yes. Really? It will be connected um, somehow. I think they're going to find a way to, to tie it together with uh, the multiverse. I don't know if if this version of it will be in uh, what multiverse universe 616 or 838 which was introduced in in um doctor strange in the multiverse of madness or or maybe some other universe but eventually i think it'll all tie to tie in together and it'll eventually come to a head over uh in secret wars i think uh that's where they're going uh i want to say that because the backlash will be so uh, basically to answer the second part of your question. I think the backlash that would come if they were to PG 13 eyes, Disney fi Deadpool. I think that backlash would be so great that they wouldn't risk wanting to do that, especially since um, I don't think it, I thought, I don't think it's a hot take to say that um, a lot of the, the, the movies and, re- and releases and, I guess Disney Plus shows that have been released since um, Endgame. Um, actually, really, Spider Man Far From Home. That was the end of Phase Three. All of Phase Four has kind of been, a, I guess, a mixed bag. There's been some really high moments, but then there have been some very meh moments. And um, I want to say that I don't think they would risk a disappointing. Uh, debut for for Deadpool, especially if it's gonna star Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Oh, see, that's what I'm. Th- that's what I hope, right? I'm also one of those guys where I'm hoping that that it is rated R. We're gonna get the full like blood. Get actually see Hugh Jackman cut up people and all that stuff, and actually see hits and stuff. Because mm-hmm. uh, we've seen Wolverine PG thirteen Wolverine, and it is a little weird sometimes when. It's like when he actually does slice people up, it's um, it's not bad necessarily, but if you're going to have Deadpool and Wolverine and how their <laughs> weapons are kind of hyper-violent on screen, mm-hmm. so it's I, you need it to be rated R, but at the same time, I can imagine the money that they're thinking of, <laughs> that they're just going to reach a bigger demographic or that will be able to watch the movie if it's PG-13. I kind of think about maybe Batman versus Superman or something like that. Not necessarily like they have to be rated R or anything like that. But the it, it's a team-up movie, and it's something like a, a crossover between Wolverine and Deadpool. You're going to want as many people to go see it. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do PG-13. And if it is rated R, I don't think that we're going to get to see the same type of violence that we saw in Deadpool 1 and 2. I think they're going to cut back on maybe the gore, but still have like the language 
is my guess. Yeah, I could see that. I could feel. I feel like it'll be more of a, a softer rated R, like maybe barely rated R. Or if they do the PG thirteen that they do, it'll be like <laughs> like as far as far as they can go. They'd stretch that limit to basically be PG thirteen, but it'll be like the last straw before it gets to rated R status or whatever by the MPAA. So I think it'll be right around that area. I think though it'll be more of a soft rated R, just just so that it, it's going to be official there. But I, I do agree with you where I don't think it'll be like a really strong rated R where it's more towards NC seventeen. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I feel like Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman wouldn't necessarily be in wanting to do a PG thirteen version of the their crossover. I don't think that sounds appealing. Just to them especially for Hugh Jackman to come back and do this movie with mm-hmm. Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool I don't think it's like okay if we're not going to be able to go as much uh, creative liberty as we want then I don't think they would like I don't think Wol- yeah. uh, Hugh Jackman would have wanted to come back I, I almost called him Wolverine <laughs> I don't think Wolverine would want to come back <laughs> to play Hugh Jackman <laughs> <laughs> to play, imagine see that's what I was thinking dude imagine if there's like or if Hugh Jackman is just playing Hugh Jackman in Deadpool, not even Wolverine. <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. All right, guys. Yeah. So if you just want to let us know what you think of the Deadpool three news. Oh, I also forgot that the video said that it would come out in September, but now the MCU is pushing it back. So it's like, <laughs> yeah. isn't it like the, not September 2024 anymore, but like February 2025. 2025. Yeah, something <sighs> like that. I forgot. Everything literally got pushed back. What? I think, I don't know if it's because of Blade, but <laughs> I'm going to blame Blade uh, and the fact that everything's been delayed because obviously things weren't going well and now they have to find a new director. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it sounds like, I mean, if, if Blade it you know is having like these delays and they're having trouble with their with the story and everything sounds like blade's going to be very important to i guess the future of what phase six yeah i just hope blade's good mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all i, I want with these movies and shows right now because like you said kind of a, mi- a mixed bag in the mcu right now they just need to make blade rated r also <laughs> oh yeah for sure it's like the, they need to take some chances with some of their properties i think so I think so. Uh, I do want to mention, Kent, did you know that we have an Instagram and TikTok? I believe so. Only because sometimes I run it. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I'm on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we're going to be doing movie and TV review videos on TikTok now. And then you'll see our usual recast, kind of like little snippets of uh, our video episodes on Instagram, Instagram Reels. So uh, what's our handles for those, Ken? They're kind of different. Yes. Yeah, so for uh, TikTok, since you mentioned that one first, uh, for the movie and TV review videos, uh, we will start to create regular TikToks. I mean, we started with our uh, season five little um, teaser trailer that Jeremy posted um, uh, to, to preview season five. But that um, you can follow that account at Weekly Real Pod again on TikTok, and then to follow our Instagram, uh, where we do post a lot of our uh, our links, uh, our recasts, and whatnot. Uh, it's at Weekly Real, and uh, yeah, 
follow both. That's, I guess, our two most uh, active social media platforms. Yep. So I know everyone's been waiting for it. Amsterdam, we're going to be talking about that now. Spoiler warning, it is out in theaters right now. So go watch it if you're interested in listening to the rest of this episode. Or if you just want to hear a bunch of spoilers for Amsterdam, then you could continue. But Amsterdam is about a 1933 political conspiracy in the United States and follows three friends, a doctor, a nurse, and a lawyer who are caught in the mysterious murder of a retired U.S. general. So this is like this movie. I was really looking forward to this movie just for the cast alone. And the trailer looked good. It all looked good. Uh, but I'm a little worried on <laughs> how you felt about this movie, I guess. All right. So I'm going to jump into the double feature. Double feature, to remind you guys, is that me and Ken are going to throw out a question to each other. We don't know we're going to ask each other. He has a question. I have a question. That's why it's called the double feature. So my question for you, Ken, is I have to preface this a little bit but in its opening weekend amsterdam only made 6.4 million (laughs) like i know like this sounds like we we both kind of thought of this and it's kind of weird but uh it was only third place in its opening week and like and that's the thing like i watched it and i thought there was gonna be more people it was there was not and the crowd that was in there let's just say it was on the older side (laughs) um so i read that Amsterdam was projected to lose almost a hundred million dollars at the box office, and even with the m- massive cast that it has, why do you think, or what about the movie? Do you think people didn't go out and want to see it? Um, I just think that, uh, especially post-pandemic, everything's so expensive. Um, gas prices are back to well. Again, we're we're located in the Bay Area, dude. Gas prices are almost seven dollars again, um, and inflation's up. I I think it's just a simple thing as it being uh, really expensive, and I guess I, and I I should I I'm kind of guilty in this. I I found out after the fact that it was getting uh, very mixed reviews, mm-hmm. and so. A combination of like it being really expensive to live right now, uh, post pandemic, uh, the fact that uh, the mixed reviews are there, and it's not necessarily a let's just let's just be honest, it's not an MCU movie, it's not a huge franchise. This is like a one off uh, movie, and it's really historical. I didn't even know really know what this movie was yeah. about to be honest until I watched it. It was just. We just put it on the schedule. I think the, those are the main reasons why I think. But I mean, to answer your absolute question, I think it's just uh, it's just it didn't get good reviews. Um, so people aren't going to waste their hard earned money, I guess. Oh, man, because I, I really feel like because I, I remember you did tell me that this wasn't getting the glowing reviews that at least I was hoping when I first saw the trailer. Mm-hmm. But man, it, it I didn't hate the movie to just come mm-hmm. out and say it. But um it was it felt like knives out, I guess. It, the closest thing I could think of knives out 
but like in a period piece, I guess, in 1933, right. 1938-ish, between that time. And um, it just wasn't... I feel like if it was on streaming, maybe it would have done better. Just especially with that cast. Like people see that on Amazon Prime's banner or Netflix's mm-hmm. banner or something like that. People would want to go see that. But like you said, <laughs> and there's always like these jokes, like if it's not an MCU movie, if it doesn't have superheroes <laughs> or uh, blue aliens or something, it's like it big won't explosions, make, <laughs> big explosions. I think, <laughs> I think we're referencing uh, the unbearable weight of massive talent. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's true because it's. Um, yeah, that's the kind of the unfortunate bit that people didn't at least give it a chance, I think. And to lose that much money is pretty crazy. But considering the cast and a part of me was almost thinking, um, is it just, does it feel like cameos the movie also? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I was kind of worried about. And it almost did kind of feel like that. It's like, oh, there's Michael Shannon, there's Michael Myers, which they were good. <laughs> Right. Rami Malik was my favorite in yeah. terms of his his first appearance. I was like, oh, whoa, because <laughs> it was so close. I was like, whoa, because, <laughs> you know, it kind of fades in, into that. Um, but, yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate. I feel like just to kind of piggyback off of what you were saying, I want to say that once this does get released on a, a streaming service, depending on contracts and stuff, I feel like this is going to get streamed heavily um because of the cast and and i feel like the majority of the money that this movie does make will be because of uh, will be because of streaming yeah yeah and i feel like the message of the movie was kind of lost along the way because there is that last narration by christian bale's character bert and it's like oh it's about love and sharing that love and all that stuff i'm like whoa i feel like like they, we mentioned it in the beginning of the movie but then it's like, oh, I kind of forgot that it's like, or the movie, the direction that was kind of going in, like, okay, we're kind of just in it for the ride. I didn't know they were keep trying to share something with us or, yeah. you know what I mean? It was kind of like, I thought we were just observer, not exactly something. Um, of course, there's always a message, but when they're explicitly telling you in narration, uh, yeah. it's a little bit weird. It didn't I didn't feel that theme carry out throughout the whole movie. I, I mean, I saw it, but I didn't know exactly that's what they were wanting to tell. Yeah, um, I, I could see how ambitious um, the movie um, was trying to, you know, I, I feel like they I feel like they I know where David O. Russell was trying to trying to accomplish. They wanted to do this period piece. They wanted to incorporate um I guess pieces of I guess historical events, but also kind of break it down to in its to its core. It's it's about like these three really close friends with Bert and Harold and and uh, was it Valerie? Yeah, Bert, Harold, yeah. and Valerie. Yeah, and and you know like it, I feel like some of the 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 be- some of the best parts, and I'll obviously get into more specifics later on in the in the episode are basically their chemistry between the three actors um, and the three characters, I mean. So um, I don't know if you feel the same way, but uh, 
I, I could see what David O. Russell was trying to uh, trying to accomplish. Yeah, I think the the three leads, their characters and how they interacted with each other, their their friendships between each other and all that stuff was easily the best thing about the movie. Right, and and I feel like uh, their distinct personalities uh, complemented each other. And and I will say this, even though obviously later on, because honestly I didn't know, I didn't really, I tried to go in with as fresh of a thing because I, I, I remember telling you that, oh, it's getting mixed reviews. But other than that, I was just like, okay, I don't want to pay attention to actual specifics of watching any reviews or whatever because I didn't, I wanted to go in as, I wanted to go in as uh, as blind as I could and trying to just have an open mind about it. And I actually liked the movie <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. probably a lot more than uh, some of these critics ended up, uh, I guess, not liking it. So, yeah, because I, I mean, I don't know the Ron Tomatoes score. I'm assuming you don't either. I don't either. Uh, yeah. But I'm uh, I'm kind of guessing already that we both liked it more than <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. And and. And here's the thing, and I'll preface this now, I guess, since we're reference around. I actually thought of my score as I left. Obviously, you know, researching for this podcast or whatever, for this episode, I was reading up on some of the, I guess, like some of the headlines. I was like, oh, man, I guess I'll, I'm going to lose this week because I, I kept the original guess uh, out of the theater because I ended up watching it yesterday, uh, recording this on a Thursday, and I watched it the previous day on my day off and uh i think i'm gonna be way off (laughs) i mean we'll see man i feel like this could go either way like really all right jeremy for um my half of the double feature um because truth be told um that was actually one of the questions your question was one of the my main question that i had thought of so luckily i had a backup question so here's my backup question um great minds think alike by the way Mm -hmm. So, Jeremy, which aspect of Amsterdam do you think was your favorite part? The relationship between the three main characters, Bert, Harold, and Valerie, because I think we both agree that uh, I, I think their their chemistry was actually on point, and it was believable that they were um, close friends. Uh, so their relationship or the mis- uh the murder mystery part you know who killed uh wait who was uh taylor swift's d- dad again meekins, um, Ge- uh, meekins yeah, yeah. <laughs> general <Taylor>. meekins yeah <laughs> or the political historical aspect because this does take place around well during world war 1 and then immediately after because there's that time jump and mm-hmm. i think it goes to 1933 i believe so which of those three, was your favorite aspect? I mean, for me, it, it it clearly is the the friendship aspect of the the three trio. But then again, when they revealed that it was basically like pre Nazi whatever, I was yeah, like, what? dude, I know, <laughs> I know, I I didn't know where that was going. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, and it was funny when they panned out and showed like the lawn, <laughs> right? The hedges, right? Yeah, with the, the with the swastika. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, it's like it's, that shot reminded me, and then obviously the narration with was it um, Christian Bale's narration or was it? Robert yeah, it was, it, yeah, Christian. it was Bird, I think, who was thing. 
it who was uh, narrating at the very end. Yeah, that Bert's narration reminded me of just and that that pan out shot just reminded me of something that they would do in like Wolf of Wall Street or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's like, dang, what the heck? Um, where it's like you know, kind of comedic because it's like, what? It's like we should have thought about that this whole time because it is like 1933 and trying to set up, you know. Um, they're based in Europe too. Yeah. Part of it, and obviously, like a a huge part of or a huge important part of the movie was you know their time in Amsterdam together. Yeah, yeah, and just how everyone's tied and just it was crazy. Um, not so much the murder mystery part. I was kind of like put it on the back burner a little bit. Uh, I, I was like, okay, yeah, we're going through all this stuff, but it was more of the hijinks of the the friendship that that carried the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. oh, I forgot to add a fourth aspect. Sorry, oh. the the cameos. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just in general, <laughs> dude. The Michael Shannon cameo, him and Michael Myers, I think was weirdly my favorite. I mean, I think yeah. uh, Rami Malek was probably like the best one out of the bunch. But um, yeah. how Michael Shannon and Michael Myers were kind of like um, kind of weird. Because they're yeah. basically secret agents. <laughs> but you know, like what it remind, you know what it reminded me of? And this is, uh, I guess, a indirect teaser for future episodes of The Weekly Reel. Um, Mission Impossible. What was the six? Uh, what was the last one? Sorry, yeah, I six, forgot. Fallout. Fallout. Yeah. When, oh, no, no, it was the fifth one when they had... Uh, no, it was Rogue Nation. I'm sorry. It was with yeah, uh, with uh, <laughs> with Alec Baldwin and then that British guy. I don't know what his actor's name was. Remember, he was played like the the what was it? Um, Rebecca Ferguson's. Uh, I forgot. I forgot her character's name, but it yeah, was yeah. her boss, uh, MI6 boss. And then remember, Tom Cruise ended up being, I guess, playing him. Spoiler yeah, yeah. for Rogue Nation. <laughs> <laughs> they, so it, it reminded yeah. me of caricatures of that see yeah that that was funny because it's like they're it's like oh yeah we're not secret agents or i'm not part of the, the cia or whatever it's like i don't and then they're like weirdly into birds and yeah then they're like oh i'm jealous they have good birds there or something like that it's like oh weird <laughs> oh man but now I, uh I think if if I had to rank the four, uh, I I think I agree with you. I think we may actually agree. I think the the aspect or, or the the relationship between the three, uh, I think was my favorite part. But part, uh, but then the the historical aspect and the way. Uh, I I don't know if you caught this, but remember when they did the uh, what was the name of the five again? The Council of Five. Council of Five. Yep. Remember they had like a, a their emblem and they had like the fives or whatever. But it if you look at it. it try to look at, uh, for a photo of i guess the i guess the eye drops or whatever their emblem it looked like a sw- uh, like a hidden swastika yeah yeah <laughs> see that's what i was like at first i didn't like yeah the fives cuz it has those curves right and the actual mm-hmm. fives put together right. and i didn't think about it. <laughs> you know what i mean and then it's like oh shoot and then later on it, it connected the dots when they were actually talking about like um, Mussolini hit like this unknown character Hitler <laughs> and and the fact that they were talking about like the the Aryans and everything and white supremacy and I was like oh dude this is crazy um, but yeah I think those 
two definitely and then obviously the cameos because you know that was obviously the headliners um i'll mention this rent one random thing i ended up watching this movie on my day off with my mom because i wanted to take her out and you know to see movie and i was like Ma, whatever you do, don't look at the poster. <laughs> I, I, because I, she didn't know anything about the movie. I was like, mm-hmm. don't look at the poster. I, I ended up having to go to the bathroom, and I guess while she was waiting, she was looking at the poster, and she like spoiled like the whole cast. Or I was like, I was like, what did I tell you? Don't look at the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and then so yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. But then yeah, I, I think the whole murder mystery part. I think that's part. I think probably the main reason why this movie didn't do well with the critics and at the box office because i feel like it centers around a murder mystery and i feel like the murder mystery part was definitely the weakest part yeah and it does take a huge chunk of it and uh kind of speaking to my experience in the movie theater uh, man it was weird they were like a talking a lot a lot of sorry to say but like i don't know it's weird to say when like older people are disrespectful in movies it's just weird I'm like, what? Normally, they're the ones that are super respectful. And it's like, at one point, a guy's phone rang, and he answered it. And he's like, hello? It's like, hello? It's like, oh, no. But it's not even like hanging up the phone. Like, oh, I can't talk right now. He's like having a full-on conversation. Full-on conversation. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Dude. You're like 0 for 2 for this this season. You got the crying baby during Avatar and now this. It's like, come on, infants and... Seniors, (laughs) Seniors, <laughs> step up your game. It's like Scott Lang, <laughs> old me or baby me or me yeah. me. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully I have a better experience. I mean, next week though, we're not going to be in. Yeah, theaters. you don't have to worry about yeah. it. Yeah, but the, yeah, the next uh, was it? It would be. Eh, did you want to spoil our next the- theatrical experience? What is our next theatrical? Is it Black Adam? Yeah, I think it's Black okay. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> in, a, yeah. in a couple of weeks in I a few weeks myself. i should say yeah <laughs> spoiler alerting put that on your calendar yeah. um but yeah uh, i i want to say that th- those were like how i would rank it i don't know if you agree do you agree yeah yeah i mean for the most part i think we're pretty much on equal ground down here i'm curious on how you're gonna rank this movie i feel like i'm gonna still rank it higher than you i feel like i've been more lenient but then again, my... Uh, oh, in terms of the I Love You 3000? I Love You 3000, yeah. yeah. I feel like I'm going to rank it higher, but I feel like that's just how it's been recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll tell you what my my kind of standard or my control was for uh, <laughs> for, oh, okay. for this. Like your rationale and what you kind of compared it to? Yeah, I feel like I need to fix my, my rating system again. <laughs> 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 but uh, guys, for you... Listening, I want I want to know: Did you watch Amsterdam? Hopefully, because you're listening to the episode, or maybe like, do you plan to go and go go and see it now? I want to know your thoughts on the movie. Uh, if you want to reach us, we're not exactly on Twitter, but if you want to reach us on Instagram or TikTok, you can comment on there and all that stuff, or even email us. Uh, Ken, our email is uh, that one thing that we have. It's a uh, Yahoo, right? Uh, Ken, Ar- Ken Arceo at Yahoo. <laughs> you think it's uh, Ken and Jeremy at Yahoo? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Or is it Jeremy and Ken at Yahoo? True, it would be an al- that would be an alphabetical order. Yeah, it would be. It'd be JK rather than KJ because I'd rather be just kidding and not being a killjoy. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> I did not even think of that. <laughs> 
it's the the Filipino in me in that uh, we always have acronyms for everything. For no reason. JK. JK. Nope. Uh, I'm being a killjoy. No, no, no. Anyway, our, to answer your question, our actual email, in case you want to send us a, a, a thoughtful email response about Amsterdam the movie, is weeklyrealpod at gmail.com. And then for the TikTok, it's at Weekly Real Pod. Mm-hmm. And Instagram, it's at Weekly Real. So go yeah, just comment. Drop a comment on mm-hmm. on our videos. So yeah. Or DM. Yeah, or yeah, DM. DMs. Whatever you guys feel comfortable with. But yeah. yeah, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into our Weekly Real Awards. Okay, let's jump into the weekly real awards. And for those who don't know, we kind of named them after MCU titles and characters and whatnot. But our first one is going to be the Jensen Award for underrated character or underrated scene. Ken, uh, hang on, let me guess. You did underrated character. I did do underrated Ah, character. Ah, nice. Well... Normally, I would do underrated scene, but I thought it would be appropriate with the massive, massive character characters. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, actors uh, that were listed on the on the freaking poster. I had to do character. I step out of my norm, and so my winner for the Yinsen Award for underrated character. And you mentioned him earlier. Mike Myers is Milton King, mm-hmm. uh, I, the leader of the MI6. Dude, I just thought it was pretty funny just because in addition to that um rogue nation uh, reference that i gave you i saved my actual (laughs) (laughs) reference because dude his character just reminded me of a serious version of austin powers (laughs) because he's british yeah and i just kept waiting for him to do a yeah baby yeah (laughs) could have done it at the near the end for sure i know exactly and and I don't know. Obviously, you know, Mike Myers has gotten a little bit older and a little bit more, I guess, chunkier or whatever. You know, he's just naturally aged as a as a human. But, uh, dude, I, I thought his character was uh, lovable. I loved his chemistry with Michael Shannon, um, Michael Shannon's character as well. It's just that, that dynamic between, you know, U.S. intelligence and British intelligence. And I'm always, I've always been a sucker for that sort of thing. That's why I like the Mission Impossible series and the and the bond series as well and so uh dude mike myers uh as milton king is my winner for the instant award yeah their scenes together um they because they only had basically two major scenes right right the, those michael shannon and michael myers characters and yeah they were funny every time and but at the <laughs> same time there was a lot of uh, i guess exposition <laughs> right like in those in those scenes but i didn't feel like it was too heavy in a way i did feel a little tired sometimes because of uh, there's a lot of dialogue and like you said sometimes we're used to having subtitles to follow our exposition kind of try not to rely on it too much right but um but yeah this was pretty heavy and those characters made it feel a little bit lighter in my opinion <laughs> agreed uh my winner do, do you want to guess which one I did? Character or scene? Character. No, I that's, did, your, that's your MO. I did scene. <laughs> oh, whoa, we switched. Yeah. What is happening for, what is happening for season five? So, We're switching everything. 
<laughs> my like mine's actually pretty early on in the movie. I think it's underrated. It's when uh, Bert is in the morgue and um, Harold leaves, and he's talking with Irma, Irma in the morgue, yeah. and talking about like. I that, almost said Irma yeah. <laughs> as my favorite. Zoe Zaldania. Whoa. Yeah. I, did you notice that in ye? Yeah. I, I try not to do that. <laughs> try not to mess that up. And yeah, we're talking about her, even though we just talked about Avatar in our mm-hmm. last episode. Uh, but I guess this is somewhat of a favorite quote as well, because when they're kind of talking about it and asking like about Bert's like wife or whatever, I, I might be getting the quote wrong just because I don't it's not like online anywhere to get the exact words. But something like true love isn't needing someone. Oh. It's the choice to be with them. It's, it's oh, the yeah. choice to be with them. I'm yeah. like, dang. That was good. That was that was profound. And because Bert references it when he's talking with his uh his wife, uh I forgot her name. Uh um, uh Beatrice. Yeah, Beatrice. Yeah. See that that scene I think sold me on, especially when um, Irma shows up later on with, like what a broken arm, yeah, to his, to his office. I'm like, what, what's happening? And obviously she had a run in with. Uh, wait, what? How did she get? How did she break her arm? Was it, was it Timothy Oliphant? I, no, right? I don't. Yeah, I I, I that I don't remember because again we we've only seen it the one time in the theater. Yeah. Uh, but I think it was related to the whole conspiracy thing with the Council of Five, I think. Uh, can, is that Council of Five? Yeah, Council. I keep forgetting their name. <laughs> yeah, but when yeah when she showed up again, I felt that chemistry even more. And then, so by the end, when Bert ends up like trying to uh, find a relationship with Irma, I, I bought into it. Same yeah, with, bas- like, yeah, the, the relationships kind of worked in this movie. Yeah, basically, like she, he decided to leave. It was too late with Beatrice, just because of how shitty um, her and her folks, especially her dad, like was treating him. You know, just Mm -hmm. just for being half Jewish. And uh, obviously, later on, we find out that you know the reason why he doesn't want to go with um, Harold and and Valerie together as uh, as a trio. Is because the, he didn't want to put them in, in danger for being half Jewish because of the whole Holocaust thing. Yeah, see, that's crazy, and especially just how that turns out. And they sent him off to war, mm-hmm, <laughs> all that mm-hmm. stuff. Oh man, he's like the opposite of Batman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, and he almost freaking dies. He almost dies like a few times in this movie. Yeah, he he, he probably gets beat up the most. He's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the next award, the Ancestral Plane Award for Most Cinematic Scene. What's yours? Okay, my winner for Ancestral Plane uh, for the Ancestral Plane Award for Most Cinematic Scene. It, um, I don't know if you remember, but remember that scene where uh, Bert and Harold they uh, they visit Tom Vo, you know, the Vo's house, right? And mm-hmm. then that's when they run into Valerie just by chance. They did obviously they were really surprised when when they when she enters back into their lives or whatever Mm -hmm. and then the you know the scene goes on and and everything happens or whatever and then they eventually leave but then a little bit later on after that harold then kind of sneaks back in while tom and uh wait what's anya taylor joy's name um crap what was her name 
Libby. Libby. When both Tom and Libby are, I guess, gone, and so like he kind of sneaks back in with, uh, with, with Valerie, and they're hanging out in her room, and so it's that scene where, um, you know, Valerie's kind of showing Harold her artwork and everything. It's more of a montage uh, sort of thing. Um, in addition to showing the artwork, they're dancing. You see this little, really, really cute, intimate scene between the two of them. But then I guess the shot that I want to actually highlight is the very end of that scene where it ends. Remember, they have like that camera, that vintage camera from, I guess, the 30s. Mm-hmm. And they're f- showing and filming each other, basically saying Amsterdam. And the way that is shot mm. with the with the uh, with its backlighting um, and it seems really dreamy and it's got that old they as it was beautiful with the way they actually filmed that part see that was good and i I forgot to mention because they were so happy in amsterdam i think that Mm -hmm. that scene that that montage of amsterdam really uh set the tone of how much the characters meant to each other right for beatrice for bert to leave amsterdam for beatrice like damn really because like even as a audience viewers like man he's gonna go back to her really yeah yeah and 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 i'm glad they both basically said their piece but then they still allowed bert Mm -hmm. to you know just follow his his heart i guess at the time you know yeah because you know they're they're true friends right they're gonna say what they they feel but they'll be respectful about it yeah but they're not gonna stop him or um if if that's something he really wants to do, they'll support him, and obviously they they let him go. So I think that's what also in the end, like you said, allows Bert to make that kind of decision not to go with them in the end and let them be happy. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, my most cinematic scene, I think it was that reveal of the Council of Five. When that that shot, there's this like super ominous shot of just revealing them turning around, mm-hmm. and when they have that toast with uh, Robert De Niro, yeah, <laughs> and then you start to you start to put the pieces together in your head, and Tom raises a glass too, and I'm like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. Rami Malek, what are you doing? <laughs> and thinking about playing it, that villain from no no time to no die time to die see that's what i'm saying like he had a mustache in this right so it's yeah because i was thinking i'm like man uh-oh is he giving like hitler vibes with like kind of his style and then his anya taylor joy you know the the blonde blue-eyed whatever it's like oh crap how come we didn't see this from the beginning <laughs> i know that whole reveal, I should I should have seen it from a mile away, but I was like, "Oh, what?" And then obviously the when they reveal through like voiceovers and everything, I was like, "Oh man, it was actually pretty well done." I like how the movie ended. Yeah, I think it ended on a on a strong note. It was a little bit weird how the hitman uh, to me Timothy Oliphant's character kind of just like gets. like he was there, and then he's using not even a, like a rifle. Yeah, to try to kill Robert De Niro, uh, Dylan Beck. It's just kind of weird. He's like clumsily, just kind of after all that. <laughs> I I love the fact that yeah, because you feel bad for all of the 
uh, physical abuse that Bert takes. I love how his back brace is the one that saves his life <laughs> at yeah. the end. That was so good. Yeah, that I love how it tied it together. Yeah, because that, that close-up shot, I'm like, he's dead, dude. <laughs> it's yeah. like I thought he was just dead, but then they reveal that his back brace took took the blow. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Must be a heavy-duty back brace, I guess. You know, I guess we shouldn't be surprised because it was made in the 30s, but or maybe even the 20s. But yeah, that thing's like an exoskeleton. <laughs> uh, but before I forget, Kevlar. it's Kevlar. <laughs> it's, it's that Kevlar, Kevlar by weave. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't take a straight shot. That's why. <laughs> uh, uh, exactly. <laughs> he needed for spelunky. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I before I forget because I mentioned this uh, offline. This is like um, at the gala, right? And then. Um, Chris Rock, cause Chris Rock's in this movie, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he gets is. up on stage and he's kind of like, "Oh, we're gonna," he's like uh, introducing like the next thing that's gonna happen. I'm like, "Is Will Smith gonna show?" Up? <laughs> he comes out of nowhere. Surprise cameo. <laughs> See, that's what I was thinking, man. I was like the only one laughing in the movie theater when he started. Just like it, it was like the same kind of get up, same kind of like atmosphere. Kind of yeah, because they, they were really well dressed. Mm-hmm. You know, they had the basically basically a black tie affair, right? Yeah, yeah. But that, I just started cracking up. I don't know why. I, it's like that. That still gets to me, and yeah. it shouldn't, but it does. Hey, it's one of the most iconic uh, images of 2022. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next award is the Avengers Assemble. Wait, no, it's not. It's the I Am Groot Award for favorite character. So, favorite character, what's yours? Okay, my winner for the I Am Groot Award for favorite character has to be Valerie Vos, a.k.a. Margot Robbie. Um, I just feel like she stole every scene that she was in because of her charisma. I mean, and, and that's saying something because I absolutely love Christian Bale. I mean, obviously, he's my favorite Batman. I think we went over that in our season four premiere uh, when we did our rankings of all the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I like John David Washington in the last couple of things that I've seen uh, of him, especially with Tenet. I think I like that even more than you did. And so I just love how spontaneous this character is. Um, she like whenever she was on, on, on screen, she always put a smile on my face because it, it was more of, it, it was, I felt like her relationships with everyone within uh, the movie, even her brother, Tom, who ends up being one of the main bad guys, it came out of concern. It was like her brother. And so I just like how she just lit up the screen every time she would show up, um, like in, in, in all of her scenes. And, and I love how the, the character was, I guess, unique enough where she, she obviously like her character would make art and she would use, shrapnel yeah, yeah. i was <laughs> you know wondering what, I mean? what she was using it for i was like what the yeah. heck is she doing it, it was pretty creative how she ended up gathering art materials through her i guess her day job at the time being a nurse uh during the the world war it uh, is a world little weird that she made a, a a teapot out of shrapnel and then <laughs> christian bale has it in his office <laughs> i think is a little weird but yeah i think that's how you show like you, you know they're she i think I agree with you. Um, she really is like the glue, really, like to their mm-hmm. friendship. She brings yeah. them all together, and like there's like sometimes a little bit of a tension between 
Bert and Harold just because, you know, they Bert's kind of like a little bit more eccentric. Uh, Harold's more like logical thinking. Uh, but she kind of like balances them out, kind of like is the mediator between them two. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like, like you said, she's a super entertaining character. And she even got like a Harley Quinn moment at the very end where she has a dream of shooting Tom and... <laughs> And uh, maybe Dude, I hella did a little bit of a jump scare. And I was like, oh, and I started cracking up so loudly. I mean, there's only like maybe six of us in the theater during my showing. She she um, pulled a um, a Lloyd Christmas. July. <laughs> That's why. Because <laughs> they even were like, Valerie, Valerie, yeah. Lloyd, yeah. Lloyd. Huh? <laughs> and she even admits that she wanted to shoot him anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah, oh, that's too good. Uh, for me, my favorite character though, I, I would be Bert. I felt like they're all good. Everyone's so good in this movie. Uh, I think the kind of the way that the execution of the story kind of lets the, the characters down, but the characters themselves. I think Bert was probably my favorite just because of how weird he is. But at the same time, he is, like, down-to-earth. He's that underdog that you're kind of rooting for uh, just because of you hate his in-laws and his wife, and you want him to, you want him to be happy. Um, and you're kind of, like, hoping that throughout the whole movie. So I, I maybe just kind of, like, I hope this guy gets a happy ending, and they all kind of do in, the, in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, our next award is going to be the Avengers Assemble Award for favorite scene. I feel like, I don't know if we're going to have the same scene. Maybe we will, but you can I go first. I think we might. There's a good chance that we might. Um, so my winner for the Avengers Assemble Award, I mean, we've talked about the um, the dynamic between the three main characters, and my favorite scene is the nonsense song. Yes, me too. It's a nonsense <laughs> yeah. song, man. Well, because like even the lead up was like fantastic because, you know, it it's more of a quieter scene. You get Harold, uh, obviously played by John David Washington, and he's basically, you know, getting to know Valerie because, you know, this is the first time that they're meeting. Mm-hmm. And so he uh, Harold asks Valerie, it's like, hey, uh, what do, what do you do with all that bloody shrapnel that you collect? Mm-hmm. And obviously, she then surprises him, basically saying that's like, oh, well, I can't give away that info for nothing, and that uh, you know, basically trade for something beautiful and something to live for. And obviously, smooth Harold's like, yeah. well, I'm looking at her. I'm like, oh, dude. Oh. And then, <laughs> you know, I. I I love how, you know, because they were talking about shrapnel. It's like, oh, I, uh, I think Valerie goes, oh, I think I took more shrapnel out of uh, your friend more than you. And then it's like, oh, what is his name? And then Bert just sneakily just kind of <laughs> yeah. joins in as a third wheel. It's I'm like, Batman. oh, Bert. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I was waiting for that. <laughs> oh, man. But he joins in and then uh, basically, you know, they, they continue that co- conversation about you know, what, what do you do? It's like, oh, well, I already asked her what she does with the shrapnel. And she's like, oh, we, can, we only trade for something um, that is beautiful. And it just leads to the nonsense song. And obviously they pull just random stuff out of a hat. And then, and I don't know, French. man. 
I, I just yeah, they're singing in French. Um, the melodies are oddly satisfying. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know if they're actually singing or is it just? I don't know. Because if they're singing, I was like, dude, that was actually really good. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I feel like in American Hustle, they also uh, David O. Russell also made Christian Bale sing. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I feel like maybe Christian Bale needs to be in a musical next. I think so. I mean, because I mean, earlier in the the movie, he was basically singing again with John David Washington, but with um, a little known singer called Taylor Swift. Yeah, it's like yeah. she's a up and comer. Yeah, she's. Yeah, I think um, she, if she stays, you know, like kind of grounded, she'll she'll make it in this business. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the nonsense song, in my opinion, the the build up is perfect to that, and it's it really encompassed how endearing their friendship was because mm-hmm. it, it isn't just the romance between Valerie and Harold. <laughs> yeah, Bert kind of butts in, but it's not like he's. It doesn't feel like he's intruding either. Right. Uh, the way that they kind of like maneuvered into the conversation and then how it kind of uh, weaves into the nonsense song, mm-hmm. I think is um, was like super clever. And like you said, the melody is super satisfying. And then we get a reprise to that later on in Dylan mm-hmm. Beck's office. And, <laughs> oh, yeah, that one's good too. Yeah, and he says like, well, it was in French and all that stuff. And then they start singing again. So I think it's... Um, that nonsense song was one of the highlights for me. Also. Yeah. And you know what? Kind of going back to, you know, Bert kind of like kind of being there. Like, I feel like I identify with him. I feel like I'm the ultimate third wheel. And I feel like Bert is also, even though, you know, he he ends up like pursuing his heart later on in the movie, going out for uh, going, f- you know, just basically going back to pursue something with, uh, was it Irma? Mm, with Irma, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, no, it, 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 plus towards the end, you get more of that dreamy backlit sort of thing. I love the, again, the cinematography was uh, beautiful, um, like during the singing and a little after, like when they were kind of wrapping up the, the, that version of the nonsense song. Yeah, man. Nonsense song. It's kind of weird to say in this mystery movie that the <laughs> nonsense song is our favorite scene. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but it's our favorite time of the episode. We're going to play Guess the Rotten Tomatoes score. <sighs> Ken from last week is up uh, up in the score. He has three points. I have one point. So far, our guests have zero. Our guests have zero. Um, Ken, you want to throw out our guests? Guess? Yes. <laughs> I actually want to reveal our, I guess... Um, Rotten Tomatoes score guesser of the week. And it happens to be none other than my mother who ended up watching it with. And so I'll preface this in saying that she has, she doesn't really know about Rotten Tomatoes and how they (laughs) score things. So I was like, okay, well, how would you rate this movie? And she absolutely loved this movie and she guessed 92%. Dang. Yeah. So for my Rotten Tomatoes guess, again, this is... Uh, a score that I thought of immediately after watching it um, yesterday. And uh, I'm not very confident in it. I didn't know how to rate it. My guess is 72%. So you guessed 72. Oh, man. Okay. I guessed 75. <laughs> oh, no, not shoot. 75. Sorry. Sorry. I have it written down here. It says 55. 
Oh, 55. Okay. Yeah. So I, I am. Th- I think you got it. I think you got it. <laughs> yeah. I accidentally clicked on the wrong Amsterdam. <laughs> it's like I've clicked on a series on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm going to go look it up right now. You guessed. What would you guess? 70... 72. Two. And then my mom guessed 92. Okay. Yeah, I picked the wrong Amsterdam. Yeah. And that had a, a audience score of 75. Oh. <laughs> That's why I said that. Okay. With a tomato meter of 33%. Oh. Holy <laughs> monkeys. I do not agree with that. Uh, 33% with 200 reviews. Amsterdam is uh, rotten. Mm. Audience yeah. score, 59. So they didn't like it either. Again, I don't know what's wrong with this. I don't know. I feel like, uh, I guess they, I don't know. They probably, it was an expectations thing. Yeah. I mean, this, mine, that's my guess. Yeah. Mine's not that high either, but, uh, I guess to update the score real quick, that means I am at four and you are also at four. Oh, we're tied up. Uh, and the guests are at zero. <laughs> so <laughs> what else is new? We're yeah. tied. Next week will be a big week, though, and we'll obviously get to that a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But speaking of what really matters is our rating. It's that, our rating. It's, it's our what rating. we think. <laughs> it's the only real rating in the universe. No, I'm just kidding. I know, right? Jeez. It's not like it changes. The scale changes like every season. <laughs> uh, the I Love You 3000 Award. We're going to rate it from 1 to 3,000. I wonder if yours is higher than mine. So go ahead. Actually, it's funny. It's it's right around uh, what you thought the uh, that other Amsterdam was. <laughs> <laughs> My rating for Amsterdam twenty twenty two is uh, oddly enough twenty two twenty, which happens to be seventy four percent. I I actually enjoyed this movie more than I should have, um, just because I think uh, I don't know. I just even though this is really dialogue heavy, there wasn't a lot going on uh, until the very end or the very beginning. And that whole middle section actually was, it, it dragged. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually overlooked the, the that middle part and the fact that that murder mystery part, even though it's centered around the murder mystery, it wasn't done well at all. I still really enjoyed this movie. So um, yeah, 2220 for me. Yeah, I think it's something about the performances. I think that because it's a huge cast, but mostly from the the trio, um, I think it's what really carries it for me. I'm I'm actually going to score it a little bit lower than you at a twenty one hundred out of three thousand, so seventy percent. Oh, my my kind of standard was like, okay, did I like it more than Thor: Love and Thunder? And <laughs> it would be a yes. And now I'm thinking I scored Thor: Love and Thunder too high. <laughs> well there you go so i'm putting this as my new control <laughs> it's, kind, a, it's kind of an interesting thing to a movie to to compare it to compare it to because yeah. <laughs> the movies are completely They're different completely i mean different. yeah it has yeah. christian bale but that's it <laughs> because i'm also the guy that rated um um a walk, walk to, to remember, remember higher than, higher the, Godfather. than the godfather <laughs> i knew that's where you're going <laughs> so take that with a grain of salt i guess Hey, but at least we're kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah, I think we both uh, liked it. I don't think I would necessarily rewatch it right away or anything. Um, Maybe down the line, like when it eventually does go to streaming, I think I would want to revisit this. 
Right. And I think, there, <laughs> I think, I think for me anyway, it has room to grow just like a little bit more just because then I'd be able to watch it with my subs that I love to watch it with. And I'll be able to catch a lot more of the references knowing how the movie ends too. I'll be able to kind of watch some of the more subtler, um, I guess, stuff that I could, would, I'm guessing, miss uh, about the, the Council of Five and all the references uh, later on post-World War One into the beginning of World War Two. that kind of era. Because mm-hmm. I feel like some of the same messages, it was trying to, another movie that we talked about here on the podcast was uh, Don't Look Up. I feel like there's a little bit of satire here, a little bit of reflection on our real world stuff mm-hmm. also, even though it's the 30s. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie's so much better than I Don't agree. Look Up. So. I agree. Yeah. Comparing the two, this one's definitely head and shoulders above uh, Don't Look Up. Yep. So, uh, Ken, you kind of teased it a little bit, but what are we going to be watching for next week? All right. So, next week for episode 79... Our mission, should we choose to accept it, is to kick off a brand new franchise rewatch series for the Weekly Reel podcast as we revisit the first two movies of the Mission Impossible franchise. Yes, we will be talking about both Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible 2. And uh, I thought it would be... I guess, uh, fitting to end this part of our podcast by saying that this message will self-destruct in five seconds. All right. So do the plugs, Ken. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I mean, uh, if you do want to, uh, watch the move, uh, both movies, I should Mm -hmm. say along with uh, Jeremy and I, uh, both movies are currently streaming now on Paramount plus still not sponsored. Yeah, Paramount Plus, so go check out uh, Mission Impossible 1 and Mission Impossible 2. Uh, Ken will grow out his hair for Mission Impossible 2 for next week. <laughs> you know what Tom I'll Cruise. do? I'll, I'll do the whole entire video with just like a photo, an old photo of me um, with, uh, with long hair. <laughs> That'd be pretty intense. Or you could just get a wig. Yeah, yeah. true. I mean, it is, it is the season, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, guys, Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. Uh, we're looking forward to Dead Reckoning uh, next year. Wait, next year, right? Yes, part okay. one. Part one. So I'm looking forward to that. So we're going to be kind of doing this uh, rewatch of the Mission Impossible series starting this season. And will eventually lead up to Dead Reckoning. So let's be excited for next week. Ken, what do you have to share for the socials this time well along the same lines as our uh i guess our i kind of uh, our emphasis on instagram and tiktok that's kind of where i'm mostly uh active so i'll plug both my instagram and tiktok you can find me both there at free ken a the spelling will be in the episode notes how about you yes uh for me i was really hyping up my short film for the longest time so it's going to be the end of yesterday on YouTube. Go check that out. Um, and I guess the YouTube channel is Infinite Loop Studios. Go check that out. It's uh, people are people are watching it, so I'm glad. Uh, so go check it out. Yeah, subscribe. I think the last time I um, well, I'll put the link again, like uh, what we did for our Avatar episode. We'll put 
put the direct link on there. That way, all you have to do is just click on there and it'll take you directly to the YouTube link for the full short film. Um, the last time I checked, I don't know when the last time you checked it, it's but uh, it's I checked it a few days ago. It was over 700 views. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, and uh, just want to let the audience know, you know, it's not going to be the only thing I'm going to be posting on that channel. I do have some stuff in the works currently casting for the next audio project that I'm doing. So uh, if you keep subscribed to that channel, just uh, look forward to some, some audio drama type stuff. Yeah. And also if you think you're into this whole voice acting thing i'm sure mm-hmm. jeremy wouldn't mind new voices so um hit him up yeah always looking for any voices even small parts for sure so <laughs> exactly. go dm me on instagram i'll probably see it hey jeremy uh do you have any parts for uh, a henchman or the henchman you know i don't <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny, only part i know how to funny play you say that <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately not not in this series it doesn't seem like oh man uh but final thoughts can on amsterdam before we wrap up the episode yeah actually um i know we've been talking about kind of cameos and everything were there any like random cameos? obviously we kind of knew uh ahead uh like the 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 cast list was like fantastic um and very robust we'll just say was there any um, cameos uh, that were like your favorite that like in terms of like the introduction of like, oh, you know, it's like, hey, <laughs> you start like laughing or caught it, it may have caught you by surprise. Or were there any scenes that caught you off guard or by surprise? I, I'll let you pick one or the other. You know, it's really this kind of just popped up in my head. Like when Michael Shannon and Michael Myers popped up. And it just sometimes it feels like they're on a green screen in a way because it's like the way the camera's like shifted on them and only on them. And it's like the background with like the little bird statues in the back. I'm like, are they actually there with Christian Bale and and uh, the gang and all that stuff? Or are they just like, but then, then they have a wide shot later on where they're actually all in the same room walking and talking and all that stuff. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Is there some like filler shots where like the full cast isn't there and it's just Mm. them two talking to nothing pretty much. (laughs) I I felt like that, that introduction scene, not not necessarily stood out to me like, bah, like the explosion, but it's like, I feel like they're just talking to nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. But yeah, I mean, now that I think about it, Mike Myers, like, it kind of reminds me of like when he was standing next to Kanye when Kanye did that whole thing with Taylor Swift and he was just like shocked and <laughs> just like you yeah. a lot it's weird that there's a lot of the same people um the thing that I kind of wanted to mention that whole Taylor Swift death scene yeah. caught me the f <laughs> off guard I was like I was like whoa she she's dead yeah and I was like, dang, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, the way she died, I was in I did not expect that. This was along the same lines as hereditary when whatchamacallit. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I mean in terms of like the the fact that when that one character I forget the the little girl who sticks out her yeah. I, I didn't I didn't not see that coming. I mean where... I feel like it's more along the lines of, you know, Kanye going up and taking the trophy type of surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! But no, that was 
that uh, that caught me totally off guard. I was like, "Whoa! I guess we're not seeing Taylor Swift anymore." <laughs> <laughs> she was so good, so good. That was good though. That that kicked off the movie strong. Like you said, the middle area with the mysteries, shaky. But yeah. Mm-hmm. But Ken, I look forward to doing some high knees and flailing arms as we run into <laughs> the Mission Impossible series with Tom Cruise. Uh, that's where it all kicks off Tom Cruise's running career. <laughs> so, I mean, he's, he's been running for a while, but that's he gets to show it off in Mission Impossible, so I'm looking forward to that one. Yeah. Oh, man. I There's going to be so many different random... Because I, I want to say we're going to format these a little bit different. There's going to be so many award uh i don't know topics that uh, that i do have in my head or whatever that obviously i mean you you'll just have to tune into episode 79 to actually check that out mm-hmm. because uh let's just say mission possible one is pretty different from mission possible two <laughs> so yeah, we'll get into so. that for sure uh but ken good episode i think so yeah so <laughs> next week mission possible we'll see you guys next time on the real. <laughs>